Alexander Snicker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political husband. Banter, lather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Well, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land, wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials, Projectile Staging, and Logistics Committee of the West Central Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, <gasps> Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. Happy New Year to you. Merry New Year to you too, my friend. Yeah, yeah. How's it been so far? Um, eh, It's been all right. I mean, you know, busy. I've been working a lot. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I have yeah. to work today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. I know you. You wanted to do the show a little early, and I said, "Screw you! Uh, no, we're sticking to our regular time." So, yes, yeah, because uh, I don't like getting up early on a Sunday morning. I hear you. you I know? understand. I can understand. Like I said, I knew it was. A, here's the thing: when I was t- when I was asking you the question, you know, it was Danielle no. was in the room, and yeah. even Danielle was like, "Why would you even call and ask? You know, the answer <laughs> right. was going to be no." And I'm like, "Well, you know what? You miss 100 percent of the shots that you don't take." That is true. That so is true. I figured I would do that to see what happened, and um, predictably. You mm-hmm. uh, shot it down because you yeah. are a... Um, I, I like to sleep on Sunday mornings, but unfortunately, um, Amy, um, one of my wife's friends calls her at 7.30 this morning. Who who the... And here, here's okay, the kicker. Here, that's she's the thing. In, she's in Portland. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's 4.30 in the morning. In Portland. So, so who's sitting around thinking, you know, I'm going to give my friend a ringy dingy. It's 4.30 in the morning on a Sunday. Yeah, you know, so I, I ended up waking up early. I could have done the show when you wanted, but, uh, you know, say la vie. Say it la is vie. what it is. It you is know. What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I end up being... I mean, actually, up, that is the worst thing that's happened to me so far in 2021. Wow. <laughs> so it's uh, like, pretty good so far. I mean, it is only the third. <laughs> yeah, I know, but still. <laughs> on a three-day weekend. <laughs> right, right. I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, well, hold on. Before we go any further, though, let's welcome our newest member to our Patreon, and that is Patricia Snicker, if the name sounds familiar. It is because that is my mother. <laughs> so thank you very much for, she's at the lonely briefcase level. Okay. So thank you very much, Patricia, for that. Uh, you know, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> well, here's the thing. She signed up for a specific reason. Okay. And the reason is this. Hmm. I had given my mother a copy of your book, The Cassandra Trigger. Okay. And my mother has read your book from beginning to end. Okay. And loved your book. Oh, thank you. And I said, she's like, well, he needs to write a sequel to this book. Right. And I said to her, well, the only way that we can make that happen is if you sign up on the Patreon, because once we get 2,000 people signed up on Patreon, then Adrian is forced to write a sequel to the book. Oh, God, I did agree to that, didn't I? Yes. Oh. So... It is on there. If we get to 2,000 subscribers or 2,000 Patreons, then Adrian has to write a sequel to the Cassandra Trigger. And everybody that I've talked to that has read this book has liked the book, one. Mm -hmm. And two, wants a sequel to the book. So... If yeah. you if you if you hate my mother, then don't sign up. (laughs) No, I love Patty. (laughs) But if you do love my mother, then you need to sign up. As a Patreon, even the $2 level, again, the $2 level still counts. And we need to get to 2,000 members. We need 2,000 subscribers on the Patreon. And then Adrian has to write the sequel to the Cassandra. And I, I will I will stand by that. Yes, you will. Yeah, I absolutely will. Um, you know, I, I, I drafted an outline a couple of years ago and never moved on from that. So, um, you know, at least the, uh, the bones are in place of a second story. There you go. So yeah. there you go. So, um, patreon.com slash unattended baggage. Um, and thank you, mom, for being a, a Patreon. We really appreciate that. And, and I'm glad that was the reason I was concerned because I'm always thinking it's funny because I know your mom occasionally listens to the show and I'm, I'm always thinking, um, you know, I don't want to, is, is this going to be okay with Patty? <laughs> <You know? laughs> What's Patty going to think of this? You know, it's kind of like my mom is listening. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Which fortunately my mom doesn't listen. Yes. So we're good there. Uh, but just having your mom listen is kind of like, you know, that's always in the back of my mind. I got you. Yeah. So, 
I wish that was probably in the back of my mind more. <laughs> no, you don't have that kind of filter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, but, but if you do want to see Adrian have to have to rewrite the, have to write the next book, the sequel to the Cassandra Trigger, right? Which um, I think is called the Frank um, Locking Device. So, uh, is that what it's called? No, I don't know what it's no. called. I'm <laughs> now I'm going to name it that. <laughs> <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash unattended baggage, patreon.com slash unattended baggage. All right, so let's go through. You know, I didn't really want to do a 2020 year in review. Go ahead. What were you going to well, say? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, not a year in your review so so much. as well. well, we can touch on the highlights. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. If you start touching on the highlights of what happened in 2020, like you're going to be here like that's the show then, you know, like there's so much shit that went on in 2020. Like I wouldn't even know how to categorize what happened in 2020 other than like a like a a freakish hellscape. What are you talking about? Like weird thing. Um, What are you talking about? There are three things happened in 2020. Well, OK, what are the three things? OK, um, there was an election. Well, that's true. OK, so that one's covered. Um, there was, uh, some people got kind of sick. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then black people threw things. <laughs> That's it. That's 2020. That's it. That's yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. That covers it. We're done. <laughs> Move on. Thank you for playing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for playing. <laughs> A lot more than that happened in 2020, by the way. Yeah. Right. The whole world changed in 2020. Like I'm, I'm curious. You know what I'm curious about? This is what I'm curious about. I'm wondering if. We look back after like 2022, if 2020 was like an aberration or if it was the beginning of something bad, like, are we going to look back at 2020 with fondness as we're going through like a desert wasteland? <laughs> like it was the best of times. Yes. <laughs> it's hard to say, man. I, I, I gave up on trying to predict anything. Like it's not out of the realm, is it? You're like, you're not out of the realm of that one. Well, you're like, well. I, actually, I shouldn't say that because a, a lot of this stuff is going exactly as I predicted. So we, I think we are on the way to more dystopia, really. I, I, I do. I think we're, we're going down that path. Yeah. You think there's any re- redemption? Um, it, it's going to be a weird thing. It's going to be a split. It, it's going to get much, much worse for half the people and much better for half the people. It's we're, we're, we're really in America at least, and it, it, things are going to be different in different parts of the world. Uh, but in America, we are more and more diverging into two completely different classes of people. Oh, you think so? Oh yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. And, uh, you know, for the, for the ones who, um, don't want to play by the rules. It's it's going to be hellish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and it's not going to be. It's going to be primarily socioeconomic, but really, moreover, it's going to be who falls in line and who doesn't. Yeah. That that's really what it's going to boil down to, I think. And uh, so, I think that's what our for at least the next few years. That's kind of that path is going to continue a little bit more. Okay, but it's it's interesting because there's also going to be some some boom times ahead. You know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a strange landscape that is nothing's going to make a lot of sense. And I think that's what 2020 was like for me, at least. So few things made sense. All the the things that were, um, you know, thought to be true in the past just were like thrown out the window, you know, and some in good ways, some in bad ways. Um you know, it's it's like, for example, economically, all of a sudden in 2020, debt, no debt mattered anymore. You know, it's just like it completely stopped mattering. Uh, but by the same token, everybody realized, oh, you know what? I don't need to go to an office to work. You know, so there was a whole bunch of things going on there that, you know, all made those changes. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I think that you're seeing, I think the, the one major institution that I think is going to have some long-term damage done to it in a good way, not a bad way, but in a good way, is actually the education system itself. You think? I think public education is going to take a big hit because you are already seeing more people going to the homeschool model and you're, and, and maybe, hmm, let me see. 
I think that there's a certain percentage of the people that used to have a lot more respect for teachers that are losing it now, not because of the teachers themselves, but because of the unions, right. the teachers unions that have really kind of shown themselves to not really be for the students. They're only for the teachers at the expense of the students. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of truth to that. And so I think that you're going to see a lot more people starting to abandon the public education system. I don't know if it's going to be enough to cause like major damage, like major damage. I think it's going to cause some damage to the public education system, but not like major damage. So I think that's going to be one of the benefits of 2020 actually. Right. Like, and I don't think that, I don't think that the teachers realized or the unions realized like how much damage they've actually done to their own cause because of this. Yeah, I, and I think that's true. And I think that's one of many things along the same line that is going to be, um, you know, changing. It's, but I, I think uh, more importantly, what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to become more dependent on government. And government is going to be uh, continuously more and more authoritarian, you know. So I think that's going to be part of what we're going to be seeing over the next several years. Well, yeah, especially with the administration that's coming in right now. I think that you're going to have an administration that's not even going to try to uh, kowtow to any even like a uh, thought of like. Uh, They're not going to even pretend that they care about, you know, individual rights. Yeah, yeah they won't care. Except at all. in certain ways. It's like, well, no, they're going to care, care about, about your rights. pronouns, but they're they, going to care about group rights. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna, exactly. They're, it's all going to be about group rights with with this administration. Right. Exactly. And depending on how long, you know, Biden hangs in there for is really going to depend on how long that they, you know, until they take the mask off completely. Because I think that with Kamala Harris on there, the mask comes off a lot more than with Biden. I think with Biden, it's a little bit more of that, like that thought process of, you know, like, um, how can I say it this way? Like, like if you listen to some of the, the leaked audio that, that, Bi that, they, that Biden's people put out, and I think they put it out on purpose. I don't think that they actually leaked it for another reason. Biden was saying, well, he, we have to follow the constitution. We have to follow the constitution. Like you've ever done that. Like you've ever, <laughs> right. like you've ever had any <laughs> kind of limits you on now? your power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like McConnell. I oh, didn't hear that leaked video. Well, it was an audio he was doing like some took some groups of people. Mm -hmm. But again, I actually think it wasn't leaked for any like I think that they wanted that to come out because I, I thought it it it's trying to make him look better. Yeah, probably. But I don't think that you're going to see too much of that. And then the debt thing I find to be a little funny, though, because if you look at what they're doing, they really. It depends on what, how you feel about this. Like, okay, so they had the lockdowns. They made everybody stay inside. And then they were going to give them money. And then they decided to not give them money. And then they argued over the amount of money that they gave them. But they actually, this was literally the most political thing that you could have done in the, as far as timing goes with like McConnell and Pelosi oh, and stuff. Yeah. Like McConnell didn't want Trump to win re-election. So McConnell didn't play ball with Nancy Pelosi. Like... The, the thought about it is this, they were going to pass a one, they had an agreement on a $1.9 trillion deal right. and Pelosi didn't want to do it before the election and McConnell really wasn't forcing her to do that. They end up signing something that wasn't even near that much money. Right. But if you look at it, the amount of money, if they wanted to add that $2,000 to everybody instead of the $600 to everybody, probably would have still been at that $1.9 trillion. And then now we're going to get some fiscal sanity. Oh, we can't spend that much money. That's socialism for the rich. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, here's the thing. If they actually were spending, a, you know, going to spend $1.9 trillion, they could cut every man, woman, and child in America a check for $6,000 instead of six hundred. Yeah. That's the math. You know, that's just how it works right there. Um, so this whole 600, 1200 bullshit, you know, here's the thing. If the number is going to be 1.9 trillion, okay, and they're only giving each American $600, somebody else is getting $1.7 trillion. Yeah. And it ain't us. <laughs> you know well, they're saying? giving it to state agencies. They're going right. to do it to the, the Paycheck Protection Program. Right. It's going to go to businesses. Like, right. there's a lot of other things that it's, are going to get the money. It's going to all the people that write checks to politicians. Yeah, basically, yeah, essentially. 
Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And it's going to grow government. So it's going to grow government. It's going to people who uh, give checks to, uh, and that's what I was saying earlier. Well, it's going to big know? pharma. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. A and lot it's of it's going big, to big pharma. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, if you follow the money, folks, it's, it's, it's all obvious what's, you know, really happening here. And they make it about, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. They made it all about whether you're getting 600 or 2,000. Oh my God, that's the make or break. The deal was already in there. So what they're really arguing about is how much less they're going to be giving to billionaires and other government agencies. Yeah. That was really the argument. It wasn't about, you know, how much can we afford? They've already decided how much they're spending. It's how much of that are you getting? And it turns out, are you getting a little crumb or a bigger, slightly bigger crumb? And you got the little crumb. Yeah. You get the little crumb. Yeah, exactly. And that's what America is today, folks. I mean, we we give them the authority to have all this money. The debt is saddled on us because ultimately you are the collateral for that $1.9 trillion that they're spending. You are the collateral for the $30 trillion we are in debt, yet you only get crumbs from the tablecloth. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that's America. While all the other corporate interests are just raking in the money. Exactly. Exactly. And Big Pharma is standing in line and paying off a whole bunch of people to make sure that they can stick a needle in your arm for a disease that isn't that big a deal. Yeah. And the thing about it is this, is that what we're talking about is absolutely a bipartisan supported thing. Yeah. Is 100%. Neither the Democrats nor the Republicans give one, sh- give one shit about you no matter what they say to you. They right. don't give a shit because they're signing in these stupid bills even that stupid bitch andrea casio cortez was like oh i'm against all this and this and blah 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 blah, blah as she's fucking signing it we didn't right. have enough time to read it as she's fucking signing it right you know what i'm saying like like she ain't like they're all full of fucking shit all of them are there's none of them up there look if they, you know who's not full of shit Guys like Justin Amash. And you know where he's going? He's leaving. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, those guys are the guys that aren't full of shit. And they're not going to stay there because you can't stay in the, that that den of freaking snakes that long. Right. You know? They're, they, you know, I, I'm a, okay, let me just say this. <laughs> I don't support what I'm going to talk about next. But like Chris Rock said, I can understand. Right. And that is, is that if you saw this, McConnell and Pelosi's homes were vandalized after Congress fails to pass the 2000 stimulus checks. Oh, I totally support that. Here's the thing. I'm proud of you. I don't, I don't think you should go around hurting other people's property. I do at this point, but I understand. Yeah, I totally understand. And you know what? I understand with both of them. I understand with McConnell and Pelosi. Yeah. Both of them. I totally understand why someone would do what they were saying. And there was, where's my money? Right. On Mitch's. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that's awesome. And then with Pelosi, I forgot what they said on Pelosi's, but it was still, it was they something. They put a pig head, severed pig yeah. head in her driveway. Yeah. Mitch kills the poor on, on, on his, um, on his window. So like, well, here's the thing. It's, it's not even that they, and, and again, they just gave us $600. But in order to do that, they spent $6,000 of our money Yeah, for each of us, each man, woman, and child. They spent $6,000 of our money to give us 600. Yeah. You know, so here's here. Like I've said, here's my position. If we don't abolish government, we should at least milk it for every dime we can. You know, I, I, I mean, bring on the 2000, you know, I just, yeah, I didn't understand. Here's the thing. I actually think that it is possible now. That this whole kerfuffle over the 2000 and McConnell's refusal to give the 2000 may end up being the thing that costs the Republicans the Senate in Georgia. It could be. Yeah. I think on I think that is a very big possibility that on this Tuesday coming up that the Democrats actually win those two Senate seats for only the reason of the $2,000. Right. Because the thought process behind people is going to be on the Democrat, I mean, on the Republican side with Trump voters, they're not going to see a vote for the Democrats as hurting the president at all. Right. And they're going to see voting for the Democrats as like punishing the Republicans for not supporting Trump. Well, here's the thing. I think your Trump voters are just going to stay home. That is really what it boils down to. It's possible. Yeah. I don't think many of them are going to vote for a Democrat, but they might not show up. 
Mm, I don't know. I don't know. All I do know is, is that this one's, this one's, this is, this is funny. This is going to be really funny by the way. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens out of this. Maybe the Republicans still win, but if they don't like, that's the thing. If they don't, then that $2,000 will, you're going to see the $2,000. Well, I think uh, this is a step towards UBI. I I think within a couple of years, we're going to have UBI. It's possible. Yeah. If, if this keeps going, um, that's going to happen and it's, it's going to be, it's just going to fuck everything up. It's, I mean, ultimately, ultimately it's a good thing because ultimately it'll bankrupt America and we'll go Venezuela. Uh, it'll suck really bad for a little while, but then we'll develop, you know, a black market, uh, which will evolve into a free market and it'll actually make government insignificant, which is a good thing for a little while, for a little while. Yeah. I mean, well, freedom never happens for very long. That's true. You know, it's it's always a cycle, and we're we're definitely sliding very rapidly towards a totalitarian side. Uh, but that's a good thing because that means we're sliding down the other side of the circle where we get to total chaos and we get to rebuild again. Yeah, and that's and then you build back up to freedom, and then you know. It's, oh, and there was an anarchy sign on Pelosi's. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Hang on a second. And, on Pelosi's garage, which was bullshit, I, but I kind of get it. Okay, because <laughs> I, I kind of get it, but I do have a problem with the people calling themselves anarchists that are actually essentially communists. Yes. You know, and again, I've developed, it's ironic because I have developed a almost communist mindset, but it's for the purpose of achieving anarchy. You know what I'm saying? Well, do you think those people might be in the same position you are? Maybe some of them are, but I think the vast majority of them think anarchy is just, you know, uh, spray painting, uh, spray painting people's houses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's just like, uh, you know, kind of like the same people that, you know, fly a Gadsden flag and a thin blue line flag. Oh yeah. They don't, they don't understand what they're actually saying. I saw one (laughs) yesterday of a Gadsden flag and a, and a rebel flag. I, 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 I kind of see that one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not really, but mm. I mean, don't try to me unless you're black. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, it, that makes more sense to me than at least the thin blue line flag. Okay. Now, with the Gadsden flag. I was looking for this. I was looking for this story, by the way, and I didn't see it yet. No. But we'll bring it up in this section because this is the, the upcoming thoughts on the 2021 thing. I guess in Portland that there was a couple groups that were out there protesting. Right. Anti-lockdown. But these people were pro-police at the same time until the police actually showed up. Showed up. Right. And then they ended up burning the Blue Lives Matter flag. Right. Or the, 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 the pro-police flag. Right. And we're like, F the police. And that's what's going to happen more and more. And that's why it's important that, that, folks, it's important that you go out and riot and burn government buildings. Okay. Uh, which is actually, I'm very proud. This is, a, and let's segue into that. Um, that's actually starting to happen across the country. In fact, uh, in Philadelphia uh, over the weekend, or they vandalized several federal buildings, uh, set some fires. Uh, they did manage, they did have a big cache of Molotovs that unfortunately got confiscated um, by, the, by the Popo. Uh, so, it, you know, when, when the full and folks, I'm, of course, uh, for all you authorities listening, I'm jesting. This is a radio bit. Not really. Um, so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, that is happening, but that's going to happen more and more. So you're going to have people who were originally, you know, um, oh, yeah, I totally support the police. And then they're going to go out there and they're going to get pissed off because of the lockdowns. And this happened last time. Remember the last time we locked down? That's when the Blue Lives Matter started. And you had a whole bunch of people that would never have normally, you know, march with Blue Lives Matter, but they were just pissed off because they got locked in their houses. Well, it's going to happen again. You do another series of lockdown. This is what's going to happen. Um, so you're going to basically the government's actions right now, trying to, quote unquote, prevent the virus from spreading. Um, are um, going to lead to radicalization of a lot of people who would normally never be in any way, shape, or form radicalized. You want to radicalize the middle class of America? This is how you do it. You lock them in their homes. Yeah. You know? 
and that's what's happening. So, are you? Do you think for 2021 then you're going to see? You think you're going to see more of this in 2021? I hope so. Now, but you think you're going to see more of it because you don't think that the governmental bodies are going to loosen the restrictions. You think they're no. going to increase the restrictions. Now, if it, and, and again, I don't want to go totally down the rabbit hole. I think a lot of this is, you know, a, there's a whole lot of people in government that think that they're doing the right thing. But I think there's also uh, many people in government at high levels of government that have a an agenda and a profit motive. Okay. Um, so I think those two things are happening simultaneously. And I think a lot of the people that are, you know, uh, believe that they're doing it for the right reasons are just not very good at, at risk analysis. You know, yeah. they, they just don't, they don't understand because here's what you've got right now. You've got situations like, uh, for example, a large number of healthcare workers say we're not getting the vaccine. Okay. Yeah. That's happening all over the country. And the numbers in a lot of places is more than half of the healthcare workers are saying, we're not going to get the vaccine. Um, so you've got that going on. So if what's going to happen, here's is, the thing. So in Ohio, it was 60%, right? 60% yeah. are not taking it. Right. Yeah. And you're seeing that repeated in some places it's less, you know, where, where people are, are more inclined to follow authority, but even like California, I think it was like, you know, 38% or 50%. something in California was 50%. Yeah. Wow. An estimate 50% of frontline workers in Riverside County in the golden state opted against the drug. The Los Angeles times reported citing public health officials. Right. Well, there you go. So you've got uh, people all across the country. Now, what do you do if you're an authority um, and either you're on the payroll of the uh, pharmaceutical companies and it's your job to make sure as many people get the vaccine as possible, or you sincerely believe that this is a deadly disease that, is, that we have to save people from, um, what are you going to do at that point? Well, you have to convince people to take the vaccine. Well, how do you do that? You make it scarier. Well, how do you make it scarier? Well, let's, you know, change the numbers and let's suppress this and let's let's move this around a little bit. Let's make it sound bad. Hey, uh, let's talk to the media and play up how bad, you know, how full the, the hospitals are and everything like that. But in reality, if you look at it objectively and you ask the people on the front lines, you're not getting the same answers. And if it was as bad as the government is telling you, wouldn't 50% of the people that are on the front lines that are seeing this stuff every day, wouldn't they be like, yeah, give me that damn vaccine. I see what's happening every day. I see there's bodies all over the place. The hospital beds are full. Give me the vaccine. Which is what the media is trying to portray that they're saying. Exactly. Exactly. And again, I sound like a fucking conspiratorialist, but over the past, I, and again, I don't socially isolate. In fact, I was just, <laughs> our neighborhood had a huge New Year's Eve block party. You know, we always do the ball drop and everything. Mm -hmm. And it was, this year it was uh, 65 feet. Our ball drop in our neighborhood, and it's a huge 12 foot diameter ball, yeah. is only five feet shorter than the one in Times Square. And I think, and this is not an exaggeration, I think we had more people at our neighborhood block party than they actually had in Times Square this year. Okay. Yeah. Well, but anyway, we'll get, the, we'll get into the, New Year's the, Eve. In the a point is, I, I know, that was a sidebar. Um, the point is, is that, uh, shit, now I lost my train of thought. Um, you were talking about the frontline healthcare workers. If they're not getting it, then. Oh, right. So anyway, so I, I was actually talking to a lot of people because there's a lot of young people there, friends of my kids and stuff like that, that I've known all their lives. And a lot of them are in, uh, you know, they're, they're nurses, they're uh, EMTs, they're firefighters, they're frontline workers, cops. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you another story in a minute. Um, I, I'll go ahead and tell it now. I got to ride in a Tesla Model 3. Um, with a cop friend of mine. Um, and that is the fastest car you can imagine. We were doing 100 miles an hour down County Road 1, and he was getting to it in like four seconds. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Sidebar anyway. So those folks are telling me that, yeah, nothing really going on. No big deal. You know what I'm saying? But yet you're hearing it's like, 4,000 people died today, you know, 4 million cases. And I, I do know one person right now that uh, I, I work with uh, who is sick. She has COVID. Um, and I talked to her on the phone the other day and she was coughing and, you know, she didn't sound, she sounded like she had a cold or flu. Um, so it, it, it's not, and that's the thing. It's, it's a real thing, but so much of what you're hearing based on objective anecdotal reports that I'm getting sounds completely exaggerated. 
So you have those motives by the politicians in high places. What you have to ask yourself, why are they exaggerating everything so dramatically? Is it profit motive? It's, is it because of their daddy complex? Or are they just you know being snowed like some of the people are? Well, I think that one of the problems is, is that guys like Fauci are, have been proven time and time again to be liars and to be liars about very important things. And his excuse was to, well, I needed to manipulate the public. Yes. Like that was his excuse at the end of the day. And that's the rationale. And they're like, you should be okay with that. You should be okay with the fact that I lied to you because I lied to you for your own good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and not really, here's the thing, not really acknowledge it, nor pay any penalty for it, nor even think that he should have to pay a penalty for it because they think they know better than you in everything. Like, here's the thing. I have a lot more respect for that woman, Bricks, because once she was shown to be the hypocrite that she was, she resigned or she's scheduled to resign or whatever. Like, she's not staying because she was found to be the hypocrite that she was. And if you were that scared, then you shouldn't have had a, you know, you don't, you don't, here's the thing. If you're trying to sell a piece of property, then you don't need the whole family to be up there. You didn't give a shit. You had different rules for you than for other people, and you got caught, bitch. Right. Like, that's what happened, and you should be fired. Fauci should absolutely be fired for the lies that he's told. Right. Very specifically, he should be hired, fired, but he's not fired. He's actually, Biden offered him a job just like Trump gave him a job. And you know what? Here's the thing. Trump didn't fire Fauci. Right. Maybe Trump should have fired Fauci, but he didn't. You know why? I don't know why. But it was a stupid freaking move on his part, especially when it was, again, he was shown to be a liar. He was on the most, the thing is this, right now, the mask issue is supposed to be the most important issue out there right now, that everybody wearing a mask is going to slow the spread or do whatever. And here's the thing, Fauci in the beginning told everybody they didn't need to wear masks. That's not up for a debate. That's not up for discussion. That's what he did. He did that shit. And you know what? He's paid no price for it at all. I'm surprised Fauci houses hasn't been, you know, spray painted with put the mask on, bitch. Well, here and here's the interesting thing is because not only did they lie to us initially about the masks, because remember early on, they said, no, the wearing a mask does not help prevent the spread of this. Then when they came out and everyone said they were realized that, oh, no, that's wrong. You should wear a mask. And they, they said, well, the reason that we wanted to, um, uh, wanted to lie to you and, and not have you go out and panic by all the masks is we needed them for the healthcare workers. Yeah, for the frontline people. Okay. Then they come out and say, well, masks really don't protect you from inhaling the virus per se. But what they do is they prevent you, if you have the virus, from spreading it to others. Yeah. Okay. If that's the case... Why would they need to save it for the frontline workers? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because it, it, it wouldn't it stand a reason that they're not the ones spreading the virus. They're the ones who would be getting infected from the people coming into the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's like every step of it was a lie. And it, it, you, and it continues to be a lie. And, and, and the lie can't work both ways. Yeah. It's like, well, you, you have... Yet we understand you were lying then, but now you've said two different things, and one of them, by those rules, kind of has to be a lie. By the, if, if you imply that, if you carry over the logic that you used as justification for the original lie, one of the things, two things you're saying now, has to be a lie. Yeah, and you know, it's it's nobody does that, and here Fauci is still around, you know, and uh, <laughs> again, it's. It's probably all profit motive, but then again, the governments are implementing a lot of things that they've always wanted. And the power hungry, God, what the power hungry are doing is just disgusting. Did you see, and I didn't watch it live, but I saw a video after it. Did you see de Blasio and his wife dancing in Times Square? Yeah, I I saw it. I, I mean, that to me was the biggest, fuck you people, we're better than you are. I mean, that was the biggest slap in the face that I could imagine. Yeah. Oh, and they don't even think of it that way. They think right. of it like, well, we're showing people that we're having a good time. Right. Yeah. 
That's what they're doing. That's what that, that's the thought process behind you know exactly. authoritarian psychopaths like De Blasio because they really think that they're better for us and they have to show us how to live life. For you, you can live vicariously through De Blasio as he's right. dancing in Times Square. What, 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 like there, here's the thing: they said it was going to be empty, and while it was somewhat empty, it was a lot more empty than it normally is. There were still people there, though. Right. There was a, a decent amount of people there, and I'm sure it was the it was either the staff of people that were having to work the show. Right. Or the politically connected uh, yeah, that was, got to go down there that made it an exclusive VIP event, basically. Oh, yeah. And that's what they did. And again, off of a disease that half of the frontline workers won't take a vaccine for. Right. Right. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying that the I'm not saying that the coronavirus doesn't exist, and, and Adrian didn't say the same thing. It didn't say anything. No, it's a real virus. It really does. It's happen. infecting people, and it has killed people. And it has killed people, and it has killed people with no pre-existing conditions, as well as people with pre-existing conditions. The numbers are very small, but you can point to instances in which yes, it has happened. It has killed some people that did not have any other comorbidities. But the numbers are way lower than what the media is making it out to be. Right. And your, your possibility of dying is also way. Lower than the, than the that's really what it is. The, if you looked at if you look at it as a probability, it's not it, it, it's not a risk that if you're a normal healthy person you should be even concerned about. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Here's the thing. I will say this: if health departments around the country were putting up suggestions about wearing a mask. Maintain social distancing, try to limit where you're going to go, don't go into big crowds. If they were just offering advice to people, I think that that would be a functional, legitimate part of what the government could be doing in this instance to make it like a, you know, like we're giving people warnings. Like in Hernando County, they had a, um, uh, they had like yard signs that they were putting out called like, they said like cover your cough, um, wear a mask, wash your hands. Things like that, right? Right. Like basic common sense kind of stuff, but common sense isn't that common anymore. But they had some basic common sense stuff. When I was driving down here, I saw a sign. It wasn't today, but it was a, it, it was the other day. I was driving down here and I saw a sign and it says, wear a mask to slow the spread. You know what? That's an accurate sign that I can get behind. Yeah. Is that wear a mask to slow the spread. It acknowledges that all you're doing is slowing the spread. Right. But a mask would help slow the spread. Which may or may not necessarily in the uh, in the herd immunity sense may or may not be a good idea. But, and you're right about that, however, but in the possibility of overwhelming the medical system right. aspect, slowing the spread is a good way to go about doing it. Right. And because we don't need to get to herd immunity so quickly because the chances of dying for this are very, very low, and the older people, the people with comorbidities can can shelter in place if they want, if they choose to, that because of that, we wouldn't need to do that. Right. And, and let me just give Florida and DeSantis, we did it last week, we'll do it again. Right. I'm gonna give him a lot of credit. He Props. ain't buckling for shit yeah. right now. Yeah. And a matter of fact, they asked him about him taking the him taking the vaccine, and he was in another press conference. And they asked him about taking the vaccine, and his answer was, "Look, I don't need the vaccine right now. I'll take it when the time comes for me to take it. Right. But we have old people in this state or other people in this state that need the vaccine first, so I'm not taking it, so they can take the vaccine." <laughs> I would have really respected him and said, "Fuck no." <laughs> <laughs> would have been funny. Would have been funny. It's like, man, they rushed that thing to market, man. I don't trust it at all. I don't trust Trump. <laughs> what if he said that? Right. What if he said, I don't trust Trump's vaccine. No, but but look, DeSantis said that, but I, I got to give Florida credit, man. Like, and he's not buckling. No. And don't get me wrong. These local communities are trying their ass off to get him to buckle. And they're oh, saying, yeah. that, you know, all this and this is going bad and blah, 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 blah. And, right. you know, DeSantis is, you know, like he's. Yeah. He, Hopefully, well, I don't give a crap about that part anymore, but um, I, I, I'm curious to see what happens in the next election because of this, though, right. in Florida. Yeah. Like, is he going to be, like, supported because of this, or is he going to be attacked because of this? Um, I think in Florida he'll be supported. I think the sentiment is Florida in Florida right now is this is how we want it. 
Mm-hmm. We don't want the lockdowns. And I think the average Floridian, I would say if you polled it right now, I'm betting that it would be in the high 60s that say uh, DeSantis is doing a good job. Mm, okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. I, I, I bet it really is. But one thing that's happening is because of all the additional lockdowns is Americans are um, fleeing the country to Mexico. Um, You've actually got uh, more people uh, traveling to Mexico this year than ever before. And a lot of them are staying. Uh, In fact, uh, the estimate is that uh, in the the past year, at least 50,000 people, Americans, have moved uh, from the U.S. to Mexico City alone. Not to mention other parts of Mexico. Um, so there's a essentially a mass migration of people escaping the lockdowns. And they're doing it because Mexico's not locked down. You know, and I read an article about this and you know, they interviewed some people who were doing it and they're like, Look, I I couldn't leave my house for a month. I said, Screw this, I'm going to somewhere where I can still, you know, go outside and do things. And they moved to Mexico and, you know, either they're going down there looking for work or um, they're in jobs where they can telecommute, you know, work remotely, things like that. Uh, But, yeah, you actually have (laughs) how funny is it that we built a wall to keep Mexicans from migrating to the U.S. And then we pass laws that are causing Americans to leave the U.S. to go to Mexico. (laughs) And hang on a second. I just, I want to, and we were talking about the Cassandra trigger earlier. Um, and I want to read an excerpt. Available on Amazon, by the Available way. on Amazon, the Cassandra trigger by Adrian Wiley. Um, I want to read an excerpt from my book. And uh, here, here we go. A while back, a contractor told me there's plenty of work for electricians in Mexico. I just wish there was some way to get down there. The Mexican government stopped issuing work uh, visas to non-crad Americans. The federales swarm the border crossings looking for American illegals trying to cross into Mexico, and they deal with them harshly when they find them. If you try to cross the border at one of the desert routes, your odds are you'll die from heat stroke before you reach Rio Grande. So in, in this, in the novel, that's what happened. The, the U.S. government became so totalitarian and the economy got so bad that Americans started migrating to Mexico and the Mexicans finished the border wall to keep Americans out because they were flooded with immigrants from the U.S. And here we are, you know, a, a little life imitating art where it's actually starting to happen because of the lockdowns in the U.S. You have a mass migration of American citizens to Mexico. And Mexico is starting to say, this is a problem for us. It's overwhelming our, our, you know, our, our resources here. Oh, are they really saying that? Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, yeah, did you not read the article? No. Hang on, go ahead and, and fill for me for a second while I <laughs> find what the... Um, uh, let's see. All right, so I'm sorry I didn't read the article, by the way. I was just really busy, but... But what we're creating is a vicious cycle where we're receiving more people who are potentially infectious or infected elsewhere, and they keep mixing with the people that are potential. Okay, so that's about the infection. But what they're saying, um, a lot of people are coming, uh, are either coming down here to visit, to test it out, or have just full-on relocated. Um, yeah, it's, uh, so basically, I can't find where they were talking about, but they're actually talking about how... You know, it's my just, uncle lives in Mexico. It's a oh really? When did he move down there? Oh, it's a couple of years ago though. Yeah. Well, I have a. a he fr- actually runs a Chinese restaurant in Mexico. <laughs> so no, it, no bullshit. Is is uh, is this a Snicker uncle? No, no, no. My mom's my mom's brother. Oh, okay. My All mom's right. brother. So his is name's he, Ralph. His name's Ralph, and he's not Asian in any way, huh? No, not <laughs> so, at all. So, he's totally white bread. So an American, Irish, an American, an, an American of Irish ancestry moves moved to, to Mexico. Mexico to open a Chinese restaurant. Yes. God bless globalism. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? By the you way? know what's even more awesome is that somewhere, someone listening is someone uh, somewhat offended that somebody is appropriating something. There's so many cultural appropriations <laughs> yeah, going on no, right there. It's not even funny. Right. It's not even funny. <laughs> no, no, not even remotely. It's great though. What's the name of the restaurant? Mix. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the name. I should find out though. <laughs> Let's. I. I hope. I. I, I just hope. That it's called mixed chink food for wetbacks. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm gonna have to. You know what? I don't know what it is, but I hope he has a good logo because I want to get a T-shirt now. Yes, yes, please. And it, it, I want to get a T-shirt. If he has them, get two. I will because get two. I definitely want. You wear of those. it. Right? Oh yeah, You'll wear it. Yeah. 
<laughs> didn't even think about that. God, I hope I'm gonna have to. Here's the thing: if he has a bad logo, I'm gonna have to pay to get him a new logo. <laughs> Rework his logo <laughs> just because I want to get a good shirt out of the deal. Oh man, <laughs> that's classic. But yeah, yeah. all right. So let, that's the world we've created. All right, so let's let me. Okay, it's gonna be a hard adjustment here, but let's go into 2020 of uh, of New Year's Eve. Okay. All right. So here's what I did for New Year's Eve. I went to downtown Newport Ritchie. So now I've now moved and we officially live in downtown Newport Ritchie. We live close enough that you can walk to downtown Newport Ritchie, mm-hmm. but it's not that close to where you can hear it. Like you can't hear it at the house. Like if What'd it's you busy, figure? It's about a half mile? Yeah, probably about a half mile, maybe three quarters of a mile. Okay. Yeah. Not very long though. Right. And so we went down to down there for New Year's Eve. And this is like the first time I think we all, it was me, Mikey, Danielle, Kelly, Ethan, and um, yeah, that was it. Yeah, five. Yeah, five people. Now, I was really nervous about, because we didn't make any plans. We didn't have any reservations. We didn't have anything, right? right? So I'm like, we're screwed. We're not gonna be able to get a table anywhere or anything like that. So there's this one place down there called The Social. We didn't even try to go in there because it's like, there's no way we're getting a table in there. But we started walking around and it wasn't, it was actually kind of decent out weather-wise. And we found one four-person table, and we just added a chair to it, at this place called Bourbon on Main. Outside, because we I wanted to be outside because I had a cigar with me. Right. I couldn't even smoke the cigar there. I had to go around to smoke the cigar. But at any rate. But I went to this place called Bourbon on Main. And Bourbon on Main is a just a it's a it's a restaurant, but it's like more of a bar and a, and, a, and you know, they, they have bands and stuff like that there. Right, right. I had the perfect meal. Okay. All right. So let me explain my perfect meal. No, girl, I've had this meal there several times before, so it's not like I tried something new. Okay. I have this Caesar salad that they make and jambalaya with blackened shrimp. Okay. Now, the reason I'm saying perfect is, and it's not maybe not necessarily all the way perfect, but perfect for that meal by itself because I was able to eat the entire, it was a big enough salad. They give you the... They do put some Caesar dressing on it, but then they give you two sides of Caesar dressing oh, so you that can you could just, just pour on at will. Wow. Which I do love, by the way. <laughs> I really do love this. So it's more like a salad soup type of thing. Well, not even, dressing. not even a yeah. soup. It's not enough to overwhelm it, though, but it's, it's, it's a good amount, though. Okay. So, and when I ate the salad, I ate the entire salad. So there was nothing left on the plate. And as soon as I was done eating the salad, almost like timing. Last bite, jambalaya comes. Two bites. Two bites. Two bites. Okay. And the jambalaya comes. And the jambalaya, oh my God, by the way, oh, was amazing jambalaya. It was really, really good jambalaya. And ate the whole thing. Had crackers, put the crackers on there. Had hot sauce, put the hot sauce on there. You know, they had that good, you know, that that uh, Kanita freaking hot sauce or whatever. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. one with the, the Carmelita. Wood, yeah, 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 the yeah, one yeah. With, the, um, uh, with the wooden top. Yeah. Oh, okay. that is so good. That is good. Yeah. So I put that on there and it was just so, and, it, and I finished that one to its entirety. Now, here's the thing. I was full, but I wasn't stuffed. Right. So it was just enough food. To get me where I needed to go. Right. But at the same time, it wasn't too much. Right. So that was a You really, didn't feel like you had to lay back and go, ugh. No, right. not at all. Yeah. I was like, when I was finished, I was like, oh, that was good. Right. I'm like, mm. And I had a cigar after that. And then after that, I went to the uh, went to the cigar bar. Now, Danielle went home at that point. Me and Kelly stayed out, and I went to the cigar bar. Right. And had a cigar, had another cigar, talked to some people there for a while. But the thing was... Downtown was kind of busy, but not that busy. Really? I really thought it was going to be busier than it was. That is actually surprising, yeah. Because in the here's the thing. In the cigar bar, there was seven people total. Oh, wow. Now, so they were wrong, kind of dead. Yeah, they were kind of dead. Now, at the Bourbon on Main, I didn't go inside. But where I did go, it was pretty full out there. But it wasn't like... I mean, it was pretty full. And we got lucky with the table. Like, we really yeah. did. Like, we walked up and, like, didn't have to wait got to sit down and uh, we got there we got there a little bit early but like not too early but man oh, i just i had a perfect meal dude like i yeah. really i really and i went on and on about it i annoyed the <laughs> shit out of kelly and danielle about it because i was just such an, in such a good mood about the meal and you know how i feel about you know a good right. meal oh yeah, like if, I'm, yeah. if i eat a good meal i'm feeling good if i eat a bad meal i'm feeling really bad so yeah. you actually get angry about it and you know you're in a bad mood for like hours yes but, but conversely 
I'm in a good, good mood, mood for hours too. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm in a good mood for days. I think I'm actually in a good mood much longer off of a good meal than I am in a bad mood off of a bad meal. Wow. Wow. Well, that's a good thing. Well, see, I had my traditional same meal I've had uh, for my entire life on New Year's Day. Always eat the same thing on New Year's Day. What's that? Hoppin' John. What the? What is that? You're kidding. You don't know Hoppin' John? No. Oh. All right. Well, I actually make it. I've been making it now for, you know, 30 years. And prior to that, my dad made it. Prior to that, his mom made it. And it goes back generations of my family. Um, it's actually a pretty ancient traditional New Year's Day dish. And what it is, it's essentially just uh, black eyed peas and, uh, you know, I, you use some type of pork. Okay. All right. Uh, in this case, I used, uh, this year I used hog jowls. Oh. So good with hog jowls, diced up real nice, beautiful. And you gotta you gotta soak the beans overnight, and then you gotta cook them. Like I'll cook them for like days. You know, at first I, I cook them for at least ten or twelve hours before you serve them. But the thing is, it's an old tradition that it's good luck to eat Hoppin' John. It's a Southern thing on uh, New Year's Day, and you have to do it with a silver coin under your bowl. So. That's a thing. Look it up. <laughs> You're staring at me like this is the most bizarre thing you've ever heard. This is a very bizarre thing. Really? Only because I've known you for so long and I've never, like, we've talked about New Year's Eve and New Year's Day before. You know. And yet we've never discussed the Hoppin' John well, tradition. We, we have some. I mean, I appreciate you letting me know about this. Actually, it's. I hate black eyed peas, though. Oh, do you really? Oh, I despise oh, God, black I love peas. black eyed peas. I feel, I, you know, I hate black eyed peas so much, I almost think I might be racist. <laughs> Let's get retarded. <laughs> um, no, it's 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 an awesome meal. No, and seriously, my mom used to make me eat black eyed peas all the time. Not all really? the time, but she did, and I hated it. I hmm. hated it. I hate black eyed peas. I don't know how. Man. I don't they're, like the taste. They're of awesome. It. Yeah, I don't like lima beans, so I kind of get that. I got you. Yeah, but I like all other beans. I got you. But lima beans, for some reason, bother me. I got you. Yeah, but no, I've I've made that every year for uh, you know thirty years. That's crazy. So yeah, and it's like you, you have to eat it on New Year's Day, otherwise you have bad luck. Oh, I got you. So it's like, it's it's an important thing. Now, do you make it any other time during the year or Never. only once a year? Once a year. This is like a once a year meal. That's all But I make get. like a huge lobster pot full of it. So I eat it for like, you know, four days. Oh, do you? Yeah, you still ever? have some in the house now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can have some if you want. Why but not? if you don't like black eyed peas, you like won't like it. I don't like black eyed peas. Yeah. But I, you, might, you might want to try it though. Because these, these are not like any black eyed peas you've ever had. I don't know. I will think, I'm, I'm going to think about it. I can't, yeah. I can't make any promises. Yeah, right you're going gonna to have to try a bite. I'm going to make you try a bite. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. You got to. It's good luck, man. All right. All yeah. right, all right. And, but the old story goes, and again, um, it's, uh, it's hard to say where it came from. It came from the South a few hundred years ago, and maybe it's a French New Orleans thing, or maybe it's a slave thing. Nobody really knows for sure. I, I couldn't get a straight answer on it, but all I know is it's been you know something my family's been doing for yeah. generations. Passed down. Yeah, yeah. And now I, I, you know, I if I didn't start the year with Hoppin' John, I would feel like you know, oh shit, oh, it's gonna be a bad. So, yeah, some bad's gonna happen. Man. <laughs> May not make it through the year. <laughs> so you know, kind of one of my uh, freaky superstitions. I got you. I got you. But yeah, so we uh, we had a pregame. Uh, for New Year, I told you about the block party, which is yeah. just crazy, man. Just crazy. It, and that's the same block party that, like, three years ago, Bay News 9 came out and covered. <laughs> yeah. Um, two years ago, uh, Greg Allman's son played, you know. Um, it, like, literally in a driveway at the end of my street, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and this year, it was not as big, but there was still, you know, a couple, 300 people there, probably. Well, how, how much how much of a decrease percentage-wise do you think that you had this Oh, year? It, was, it was probably down by 70%. What, down by 70%. Oh, yeah. I, I would say we normally have like over a thousand people there. So, do you think that is that because of COVID? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. I think there was, you know, less people wanting to be here. Here's what I noticed is that all the young people, well, not me, <laughs> but there were a lot that there was the same rough number of young people, maybe not as many, um, but there was not nearly as many middle aged and older people. I got you. So I think a lot of middle-aged and older people were staying in. But we actually pre-gamed at our house. We had about, you know, 25, 30 people in the house. Um, you know, so it was uh, it was a good time there. Played left, right, center, which is a little gambling game. Uh, you ever play that? No. 
Man, you need to, you guys need to come over for New Year's at our place one time because we we do it up, man. It's a I mean, you, you know, do it up really well though. I mean, I've heard stories for many years about this. I mean, yeah. I didn't get the Hop and Jack story until just now, but like Hop the rest, and John, Hop and John, Hop and Jack, Hop and Jill, Hop and Hop and John, Hop, yeah, Hey Papo John, yeah. <laughs> it's actually well, the the thinking is is that it's it's uh uh it's like Hopinjou or something, which is uh, French oh, for, for beans or something like that. You know, it's it's some some bastardized translation of a French phrase. I gotcha. Yeah, I so, gotcha. But the the modern theory is if you eat too much of it, you're gonna be hopping for the John. Okay. All right, here you go. <laughs> so, okay. So not only do you start the year with good luck, you start the year regular too. And that's good. It's a good and thing. That's good. Yeah. No, no, when you a, get to our age, of, you know, yeah, it's it's just, um, you know. Nothing. But so you're saying the old people were staying home, but then the young Pretty people much. were out. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I, there wasn't as many young people out, but oh my god, some of the uh, <laughs> some of the some of the uh, middle aged and older people there, you know, uh, were partying hard, a little like, too hard. Um, I witnessed a friend of mine who is, uh, I, I think she's sixty. Upend a handle of fireball. <laughs> what? Yeah. She was 60. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we we're all, you know, we we're all outside and we had big tables set up and everything. Yeah. I mean, they even had a portage on and a hand wash watch uh, station <laughs> set up. <laughs> Who set that up? Uh, one of the neighbors. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So everybody pitches in. I I don't. I didn't do really anything this year. But some years I pitch in. Some some years I don't because we weren't sure it was going to happen this year or not. And then they decided all at the last minute and they just went full force into it. But yeah, just a just a good time. <sighs> I love New Year's Eve. That's it, like it might party. it might be my favorite holiday actually. Really? Yeah. Well, Christmas is getting kind of lame because we don't. There's. Yeah, we're at that stage where our kids are grown, but we don't have grandkids yet. Yeah. So it's like, you know, without without kids, Christmas kind of, eh, you know. Yeah. I mean, we do the no rules Christmas, so. What's that? Uh, I mean, just like it sounds. So there's no rules on Christmas. You can do right. whatever you want to. Danielle makes whatever you want to eat on oh, Christmas Day. That's nice. Uh, and what were some of the requests? Uh, lobster mac and cheese. Ooh, damn. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Stuffing. Um uh, Stuffing is always good. Spinach dip, um, sweet potatoes. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think of the other stuff that was there. I mean, there was a lot of different stuff that was there. Basically, whatever anybody wanted, they we, they got. You know what? Our I wanted of, the lobster mac and cheese and the stuffing, so like I got what I wanted. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a lot of carbs there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but so good. And what is it about so stuffing? Good. Why don't we eat stuffing so year-round? Because it's just like... I wish we did. I, I could I could have I that. I wish with, we did you know, ha- eat stuffing year two round. times a week and be great. Yeah, no, I wish we eat stuffing year round. Our Christmas uh, tradition uh, is usually lasagna. All right. Yeah, so we don't do a turkey or ham or anything like that. We usually do lasagna on Christmas. Mm, I got gotcha. you. Know, so we don't go anywhere on Christmas anymore either. We used to. Well, Kelly had to go to her mom's, but like for the most part, we don't go anywhere anymore though. Yeah. Well, we used to have to go like to different families and stuff like that, but we stopped doing that. Well, part of that happened only because I think, you know. Little kids, yeah. Well, no, and also because I think the, it kind of, you know, had some family issues. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your family's fighting all the time. Not my family's fighting all the time. But, yeah. But at any rate. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we uh, we do a little bit of hopping, but not too much these days. Hopping, you know? hopping, Johnning? Hopping, hop, no, well, not hopping, John. Well, we do that too, but, you know, hop, hopping from house to house. And Oh, I got you. But now it's more of just like, uh, hey, let's go over there and have some few drinks. You know? Yeah. <laughs> As opposed, but, you know, because that's the thing. It's, it's, uh, the the Christmas about kids is a totally different Christmas when it's just adults. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It, it's more about just getting together, hanging out, and uh, as opposed to you know making sure the kids are having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say about downtown Newport Ritchie, by the way. Okay, back to that because I wanted to talk about this. I'm really loving living in new downtown Newport Ritchie. Though. Oh, I told you you would be. Oh, yeah, it's so great. Yeah, it's it's uh, really becoming an awesome town. In fact, I'm encouraging my son to buy a place there. Yeah, you know, I, I really think he's, th- and I think that the property values are going to go through the roof. Yeah, I think you ought to buy now. Well, I don't think you should wait because I, even if the market does correct, the values there are always are already so undervalued that you're not going to see that much. It, it can't pull back that much. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I think we might end up trying to just buy the house that we're in. Yeah, you might. Because yeah. we're, we're, we're renting from like a, we're renting from a, like a, a one person that owns a couple pieces of property. Right. 
But it's a nice, he's a nice enough guy. So like, well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I'm really loving living down there though. And Mikey go now. We're letting Mikey have a little more, more freedom now. So he just goes to downtown New Bridge by himself. Yeah. Well, he's old enough. Now. Yeah. He's old enough. He's, he's got 13, a, right? He, yeah. He's got an electric little electric, electric scooter. He goes down there with. They're starting to know who he is down there now. Right. And, yeah. You know, I think it's kind of funny though. Oh yeah. At 13, you should be, you know. Hell, when I was 10, I had like an eight mile radius. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, times were different then. You know, that was the 70s and kids on their bikes would go forever. But, you know, um, you all right there? Well, that went down the wrong pipe. Yeah, yeah don't. It, see, that's a secret of liquid. That went liquid. down the wrong pipe right there. You don't actually breathe the liquid stuff. You drink the liquid, breathe the air. So, all right. Uh, you got anything else? What, for... Um, well, yeah, we're, uh, we're at the, uh, end of the first hour here. Uh, you want to, uh, anything else you want to cover before we get into hour number two? Mm, do we have enough time to cover anything before I get to hour number uh, two? We got like a minute. If there's anything of you want to touch Of course we don't on. have enough time to get to hour number two. Okay. So what we do have enough time to do is talk about what we will talk about in hour number two. And the first one is Adrian's prediction on Bitcoin was wrong, obviously, because it's way better than what he thought it was going to be. Um, there's a lot happening in Trump world that we wanted to go over. Um, wait, wait a second. I don't recall making a prediction on Bitcoin. Did I? You just told me earlier that you did. Oh, no, that wasn't a prediction. That was just news. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another post about aliens being here. Um, something about hack, hacked homes and what the Russians are doing. Oh, that's crazy. A little bit on the China gate. And the prime story in number number two about we don't need no stinking badges, the cop gang in uh, California. So if you want to hear more, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage, and we'll see you on the other side. Bye.